So I'm going to start by um, looking at the, at the story of Rahab and the spies. So if you've got a Bible um, and you could turn to Joshua chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 to 21. So you get this overview of this amazing story. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me. But I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are going what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless we enter the land Unless, when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in your house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. So let's pray. Open our ears, Lord, to hear your word and know your voice. 
Speak to our hearts and teach us your ways, that we may serve you now and always. Amen. Uh, when uh, we were first married, both new Christians, Keith and I were encouraged to help out with uh, children's Sunday groups at church. It was a helpful discipline to prepare for the sessions, get more familiar with foundational Bible stories. However, one of the first sessions we were asked to lead was the story of Rahab, the prostitute who hid the spies. <laughs> Our hearts sank. How on earth were we going to explain what a prostitute was to a group of seven-year-olds? And anyway, why was this woman remembered as a prostitute in the Bible of all places? Couldn't we just call her an innkeeper, keep it simple? <laughs> as I hope we'll see this morning as we look at the account in Joshua, who Rahab was and what she did is central to her story of trust in the God of Israel. God so often uses the people of least worth to play a central role in his kingdom, and we too have something to learn from this. I'm going to look at three aspects of trust in God in this story. Firstly, how the spies trust in Rahab, really a very unlikely saviour. Secondly, how Rahab's trust in Israel's God leads her into action. And thirdly, how Rahab's trust in the scarlet cord has eternal consequences. So let's start by looking at those spies. The book of Joshua follows on from Exodus and Numbers, uh, led by Moses. The people of Israel have been freed from slavery in Egypt and they've set off on what should have been an 11-day journey across the wilderness from Mount Sinai to Canaan. Just before they entered Canaan, 12 spies were sent in to check out the land promised to them by God. Reports back were mixed. They would need faith to face the challenges and actually enter this promised land. However, the Israelites were full of fear. They turned back and spent the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness. So we fast forward to the start of the story of Joshua. God has told Moses he's not the one to lead his people into the promised land. The task has been given to Joshua, Moses' assistant. To inherit the land, the people must be faithful to the Lord their God and trust that he will fulfill his promise to them. So Joshua, chapter 2, starting at verse 1, Joshua sends in his own two spies to check out the land again. However, their behaviour doesn't seem very trustworthy. The first thing they do when they reach Jericho is enter the house of a prostitute and stay there. But if you're a spy in a foreign land, a busy inn, perhaps with some extras, by the city gate, built into the city wall, is probably a very good place to hang out, not draw attention to yourself find out what's really going on. It didn't take too long before the king of Jericho discovered that the Israelite spies had arrived and very quickly the spies had no choice but to trust Rahab not to expose them and to listen to the instruction she gave them. They hid under the flax stalks on her roof and she sent the pursuers off in the wrong direction. What was it that made the spies trust Rahab? didn't seem to be anything obvious would mark her out as a dependable or honourable person. One commentator has described Rahab as 
embodying the trinity of marginalization and dishonor in Israelite culture. A woman, a Canaanite, and a prostitute. Nothing in her character, lineage, or reputation that would give her worth or make her a likely savior for these Israelite spies. Yet we see in verses 9 and 11 that she, an outsider, has recognized the God of Israel as the one God of heaven and earth and trusts that he will be faithful to his promise to Abraham and to Moses, that he will lead his people out of slavery and give them the land of Canaan, the promised land. In Rahab, we see a picture of trust and faithfulness in the God of Israel that has been so lacking in the Israelite people. They turned back from God's promise, wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. She, Rahab has shown the Israelites the trust and faith they need to fulfill God's promise. Equally, it's a challenge for us as God's people today. Are we at risk of failing to trust God's promise to lead us from slavery to full freedom? Are we still wandering in the wilderness, going round in circles, not living the full life that we have been promised as the rescued people of God? So Rahab's trust in Israel leads to action for her. Living in the city wall and close to the city gate, Rahab was well-placed to hear the news about the events of the Red Sea and the defeat of the Amorite kings, Og and Sihon. And in fact, her words quote from the Song of Miriam in Exodus 15. Clearly, the accounts of the powerful actions of the God of Israel did have an impact on the Canaanites. Rahab describes her fellow citizens as melting in fear. Everyone's hearts sank, their courage failed. But Rahab makes a choice. She chooses to trust that this mighty and powerful God can protect her. She acts and hides the spies. Rahab has a moment of truth when the king of Jericho asks to hand over the spies that she's hidden. Like the midwives in Egypt, she defies her ruler and with courage and determination trusts for her salvation in the God of heaven above and earth below. It was an enormous risk. She could have been seized as a traitor, but she made the decision to trust this God to save her and her whole family. She saw a divine opportunity and she took it. Her faith in action is recalled in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31 and James chapter two, verse 25. In the New Testament, she appears as one amongst many people of faith from the Old Testament who by their actions showed they had confidence in what they hoped for and assurance about what they do not see. Just as relevant to us now, but we do have the benefit of knowing the bigger picture of God's redemption plan. Our faith in salvation and rescue from death is not blind. We can trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are we living our lives filled with this confidence and this trust? Does our trust in Jesus for our salvation result in actions of faith and not just words of faith? How is God calling each one of us to step out and take actions of faith at the moment? And finally, Rahab's trust in the scarlet cord has eternal consequences. 
I just love Rahab's tenacity in verse 12. Give me a sure sign, she says. She pushes the spies to reward her trust in their God and ensure that she and all her family are saved from certain death. They agree a fair exchange, our lives for your lives. She lets them down by the rope out of the window in her house in the city walls and receives an instruction to mark her house with a red cord to ensure she and her family are not destroyed when the Israelites conquer the city. This image of a red cord marking a building is a striking echo of the events of Passover. Just as the Israelites were told to shelter in their houses marked with the red blood of the Paschal Lamb and be spared the fate of death, so Rahab and her family are gathered into her home and spared the destruction that befalls all the unfaithful Canaanites when the city was captured. The scarlet cord of salvation can be traced through the whole Bible from the beginning in Genesis to its end in Revelation and ultimately is seen in the blood of Jesus poured out on the cross as the full completion of God's plan to redeem all humanity. Rahab, a woman apparently of little worth but with great faith and tenacity, had a vital role to play in this grand redemption plan. Her story does not end with rescue out of Jericho to live with Israel, as was promised. In the genealogy of Jesus, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, we meet her again. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. In this patriarchal lineage, we see four women from unchosen people groups, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, women who trusted God and became key players in the Messiah's lineage. Through unconventional means and surprising people, including a prostitute, God is at work to accomplish his work in humanity. Who Rahab was, a woman, a Canaanite and a prostitute, is central to her story of trust in the God of Israel. God so often uses people of least worth to play a central role in his kingdom. Do we believe that that is true of us? That God can use us whatever our background, our education, our family or our past experience to play our part in his kingdom story? We may never see the results of our faithful trust in God but we can trust that if we take action to build God's kingdom, it will have eternal consequences. <laughs>